right, everything's up, everything's good. So once again, we're gonna go around the table and say our names and our players, character, all the things that we said before last time that we didn't say any other time, but we did last time, starting with Rose. Hi, I'm Rose, I am playing Euterpe, who is the High Elf Bard. I'm Kelsey, I am playing Vantus, the Tiefling Druid. I'm Emma, I'm playing Dust, the Tabaxi Cleric. I'm Jane, I'm playing Theo, the Human Investigator, which is a Rogue Alchemist mix. I'm Aaron, uh, I'm Alex, I'm playing Aaron, <laughs> the Triton Fighter. Okay, so that's, and I'm Liz, I'm the DM, I do DM things. So last session, you guys recovered, question mark, <laughs> a incredibly powerful stolen magic item from a very odd little gnome with a jackdaw on his shoulder who told you to call him jackdaw. Uh, you discovered various things about the, you know, you discovered there was a thieves guild in Vrymore called the Heart Shadow. Heart is the deer, by the way, not the heart. Uh, and you have essentially sort of been accidentally indebted to this merchant, Gareth Kesby, so you have currently been contracted to help pay off that debt to help escort some caravans over to the main port city of Benvalor. And then also there you are going to guard a showcase for him, as many of the guards in that city have been shipped off to Penser to help with the recovery efforts. You also learned that that flame dragon you saw was taken care of by a very powerful other individual and that the country of Rhymor is apparently being taking very huge caution to not get into a war with Shadal, which is the high elven desert nation immediately to the north of Rhymor, which is a human waste nation. So you have a couple days before you leave on this caravan thing. Do you guys want to do anything in that time? I'm going to set up a little lab and do lots and lots of alchemy, and it will probably involve small explosions and yelps of pain and, you know, excited, <laughs> excited cries. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. Okay, you get, um, you actually talk to Bevan, who's the owner of the Frightful Might, which is, she's letting you guys sort of stay there for free at the moment because you did help it not burn down. And she sets you up with like a small, like, sort of hut in a corner in the yard where they do a lot of their, um, near where they do their brewing, but not too close, just in case there is a fire. Yeah, that seems wise. And just sort of lets you hang out there. Um, you've got this kid uh, who is the youngest son, uh, whose name is Fetchin, who does come and sort of marvel at you periodically. <laughs> he's only a, he's not that much younger than you, but he's like 13 years old and he acts sort of far younger than he is. He's got a head for stories. He seems to be desperate to learn anything. So he does come and watch you quite a bit before his sister, whose name is Mihail, comes and drive, drags him away sometimes. I look for a bookstore? Uh, yeah, you can find one. It's a little bit destroyed, but you find one towards the, the west gate, so it's not as, not as, you know, destroyed as any that were in the old quarter. Okay. I go and I browse and I look for a romance section. Oh, you find one. There's an extensive romance section. Half the store, practically. Um, I diligently search through for any lesbian romances, but in it, if they don't have any of those, I'm still looking for, like... They, there's just romance stories, because this is not a heteronormative world. So there's just, like, there's stories you can easily find about two women falling in love, about non-binary people falling in love, about straight people, about all, you know, just a huge... Thing. You can basically have your pick of any, almost any, there's, it's mostly about humans, some elves, yeah. and a little bit of um, tieflings. I was expecting approximately that, uh, but I'm looking for like, 
lesbian, um, like, knight and princess stories. <laughs> um, you get a beautiful story about a noble woman in uh, Berentis, which is the human nation just south of Rymor. It has an archfey patron, which is the fey king is what they call him, and he rules over. So there's a long tradition of human nobility there. So you have a, a story of the most beautiful maiden in the world, um, and particularly in Berentes, and how she, how she one day was kidnapped by orcs and was rescued by her true love, the fair Lady Knight, who had faithfully served her family for years without ever garnering, garnering this lady's attention. I absolutely buy it. <laughs> sure, totally. It's like a gold. Okay, I pay a gold for it. So... How, like, how destroyed is the city still? Are they, like, is life starting to return? Life's starting to return a bit, but it is a lot of, like, you know, there's shops open that you can go to, bookstores, obviously, because we just had that, you know, like, some, they're understaffed, they're run at their bare minimum, um, the merchants are still selling everything at a hugely inflated price, but, uh, as you guys stay for these two days, you know, like, the guard and the people who live there are taking over the task of rebuilding. There's fewer and fewer jobs for adventurers and more jobs in outer areas where these and local wildlife has like fled and started causing issues. Um, there's a number of adventurers who are starting the long trek, not that long, but sort of long trek up to Shadal and various Shadalite cities to try and, you know, maybe figure out what happened here or see if there's anything they can do there. But people are in general just kind of dispersing. There's also people who came here for the competition who are just leaving. So it's like not dying. It's not like it was before when everything was just destroyed. Things are, life is starting to return. It's at about 25 to 50%. So anyways, I'm, I will go and look and see if there's any taverns or any other spaces where they might want a musician. Uh, yeah, sure, you can totally find a couple. See if I can play a few gigs. I'm also going to try to figure out if there are other bards still in town, maybe? So roll me first a performance check Okay. for your performances. This went so well the last time I did this. Mm. Oh, that was much better. Uh, performance is going to be a 23. Yeah, you... Do a pretty good job. You get about, uh, you play a few gigs, you get about, I'm going to say, five gold out of it. You know, they're not paying a lot at the moment because they've got other costs, but you bring people in and you cheer up their spirits and people leave you a few tips and stuff like that. And they do, you know, seem enthralled and they pay a lot of attention to you as you play on the stage. You're a very enthralling sight. Roll me a, just a general charisma check real quick. Do I get to add death ball traits to this? I guess, sure. Okay. I mean, it's a one point difference. So that's going to be, with Jack of all trades, that will be an 18. An 18. Okay. Um, there's, you know, like, there's bards who live in the city, you know? Like, there's some people who are hanging out and helping rebuild. Um, a lot of the adventuring bards are leaving with the adventuring parties. It really depends on what you're looking for. I mean, what I want to do is just sort of get a sense of, like, who the big players around here are. Also, try to figure out sort of like which bards they're looking up to and are trying to like be inspired by. 
who their influences are. Just get a get a sense of the lay of the land. Um, okay, so where you are here is Penser, which is the site of the old palace, which has now been destroyed. It is the place where most of the formal celebrations take place. Where you're going next week is Benvalor, which is the main port city. Between the two is Vryker, which is the capital of Vrymor, and up a little bit more on the coast further up from Benvalor is the main sort of culture capital of Rymor. Now, not many people would accuse Rymor of having much of a culture. Um, <laughs> people generally think of it as sort of like a, a wasteland place, you know? They, there's not a lot there. It's mostly about trade, and they think of the people as being sort of hardworking and a little more serious. And Terramur is a new city that has sprung up in the past... It's, it was a small city beforehand. It's really sort of grown. It particularly, um, it has sort of an up-and-coming college of performance, music, art, that sort of stuff. So there's now festivals that are hosted there that people go to. Uh, you would know in particular, it is a place where every year at the festival you will see a particular bard. Um, who has, is quite popular in Vrymor. Is that who I'm thinking of? Aethor is a yep. very popular person in uh, Vrymor. She was invited to the competition, but declined, declined to attend. Not as a competitor, just as a guest. She just had other things to do. Aethor is a incredibly famous bard in the world, but particularly as Vrymor was one of the first places that she went to tour after leaving Shadal, as they are so close, the people seem to have... It's almost a generational connection to her. So it really is that sort of style of heavily focused on the vocalist uh, sort of feel most of these people are. It is a lot of... Um, it's story-focused. Vrymor is a place that loves stories. They particularly love love stories. That's why there's a huge romance section. Um, it's why, you know, they're, one of their main major celebrations is the new king finding the true queen, you know? The style here is not typically your kind of thing. You wouldn't exactly find influences here. You would find people you could have arguments with, for sure. I feel like if people start bringing up Aethor, I start getting into arguments. <laughs> but I don't think anyone specifically brings her up. Okay. Uh, but you can probably have a, a fun conversation with a local bard at this tavern that you played who like is like, wow, that's so cool. You know, that's not a style I've really seen before. I mean, I personally really like, um, uh, it's just sort of poems set to music. It's really what I do. It's just like a simple <laughs> beat. I play a drum. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's rather simple, isn't it? <laughs> if you think writing a poem is simple. It just doesn't take much instrumental technique, that's all I'm saying. No, it's more of an intellectual thing. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Playing a complex instrument, never intellectual. Ah, uh, yes. Composing a perfect set of syllables, alliterations, counting out beats, the perfect meter. Which one are you going to use? None of that's intellectual either. It's also simple. I'm just saying the drum, not the most complex instrument out there. Well, I would say my real art instrument then is my voice. Yeah. Or, or my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're perfectly welcome to believe that. <laughs> 
have a musical <laughs> Very possibly. I don't think I get along very well with the bards around here. Um, probably not in Penser, no. 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 Not my sort of place. Do either of the two of you want to do anything? Yeah. For the most part, I'm going to help out around the bar, um, using little magics to help clean things up, and also being strong. But yeah, and also just sort of chatting with people and um, doing my usual thing of just sort of seeing if anyone seems to be paying more attention than usual to the bracelet, or if there's anyone who like wanders in and seems to know things about magic. Um, I, I tend to ask them. It's just sort of a constant low-grade thing for me. Yeah, so you, you hang out at the bar, you help out, you help clean up, you help get them on their feet, and two days of your help is not an insignificant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do bond more with this family, because you, you've seen Bebin a lot. She tends to go traveling around and get on boats a lot. She's not home that often. Um, it is, in fact, typically her husband who runs the, um, the inn most of the time, and his name is Karthak. Karthrak, uh, along with her daughter, uh, Mahel, and their son, Fetchin. And so you do, you do see, you know, like, there's, you haven't met them very much, but there's, you know, like, there's a bit of sort of Bevin's rough and tumble in both of them, and you get to know this family, and you're really, you know, you're sort of, you get pretty close with them. But people who walk in the bar here are mostly, this has sort of been set up as more of a refugee center. Guards come in and deliver mm-hmm. food and stuff like that. It's not people who would necessarily know that much about your bracelet. However, if you wanted to, in, there's a person you now know who you could ask about that who does appraise certain items. Oh, the merchant? Yeah. Um, you know, I might ask him just as we're setting up for, I presumably, like, drop in and talk to him at some point about things. Yeah, sure. You guys um, go in, you know, he, he tells you a time and place to meet him, you know, in a couple days, and says, you know, he'll give you a rundown of the caravans and stuff like that, so you just go over details one more time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, uh, by the way, I have a magic item. I was wondering if you might know something about it. Well, I mean, I, I could take a look, for sure. I slide the bracelet off my wrist and hand it over to him. Okay. He inspects it, he looks it over, and he says, um, well, it looks, uh... It's odd. It's not very magical. It's it's something I've seen... I haven't seen anything quite like it in... It looks... I would place this as from Shadal. From Shadal? Huh. Yes. It looks like it's something... Some. It looks like an older style. The bracelet itself is new. It looks like it was forged within the past five years or so. But um, the style is, is an older Shadalite style uh, from about... Mm, a couple hundred years ago, elves don't change that quickly, so it's still recognizable. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm sure. It looks like maybe some of these this scroll work is ceremonial or something like that. I could I could take a deeper look into it, see if there's some books I can consult. Yeah, if you uh, found anything about that, I would be pretty grateful. I've had this thing following me around for a while. Yeah, I, I can see the. Um, it looks like it's it's bonded to something. Is that you? Yeah, it is. A customer left it in my bar one time, uh, never came back for it. I just put it on because I was like, I was just curious. And uh, it's been following me around like a dog ever since. Maybe something in how you put it on bonded it to you? Maybe. Mm. I mean, I don't put on bracelets often, but there wasn't anything uncommon about it. Might be 
I'll look into how you bond items to people. It's something that you can do to tie it, although it's typically in my experience, which is not as extensive as it could be. But um, in my experience, bonded items are things that are forged with a particular person in mind. So to have it just follow you randomly is a little odd. Yeah, it is. Well, thanks. That's more than anyone's been able to tell me about it. It's not a common item, looks like. It looks like it's decently old. Well, it's very odd to have an old style and a new forging. Huh. You would have thought that whoever made this would have come back for it. Yes, it looks like something that was... It's odd that it's not claimed. Yeah, especially since if they were bonded to it, they couldn't have lost it. Well, I think it was... It seems like it is bonded to you. Perhaps it was not bonded to them. Huh. Still no idea what this thing likes about me, but thanks. So that's your interaction. Dust, you doing anything? Uh, help around. help out around the tavern a little. Probably check in in the palace and the infirmary, kind of see how they're doing and if they need any help. Um, yeah, you go back to the um, the guard tower in the old quarter, which is where you did your infirmary stuff, um, and you can go back there. And they, they're perfectly happy to, you know, like have you there to help patch people up because you've got just more medical knowledge than most of them do. If while you're there, you know, you can just help out. You can have a conversation with Nassim if you want, if you've got anything you want to ask about. Uh, or if you're helping out at the bar, you know, like probably Fetchin comes and talks to you for a while and we can play that out. Yeah, I'll probably check in with Nassim and, you know, just ask if anything else interesting is going on or what their plans are to, for rebuilding. Okay, yeah, so Nassim's like, oh, uh, well, there's not, we've got like a, 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 at least a month or so before the city's back to any sort of form of itself. You know, the old quarter will probably never be quite the same, but we're, we're doing our best. We're calling in, you know, some some uh, stone for just rebuilding from other places. Vryker's sending a lot of stuff, which is really good. The, the king's back centered there now at the moment, dealing with the, the aftermath. Um, if you... You know, if you guys are looking for work or things to do or to just to help out, because you guys seem really good at helping out, you could come back in about a month or so, and we'd, we'd probably have some stuff for you. Yeah, I'm sure we could probably check back in. Yeah, at the moment it's mainly just, you know, like, rebuilding things, assessing damages, and then in like a month or so we can do things about the damages, you know, hunt down people who went missing, um, see if anyone's got any debts out or anything, see if anything got stolen. I hear you guys found that... Found a thing. Yeah, we, we found the thing we we're looking for. It's um, turned into a bit of a hairy situation, but... Well, you'll have to tell me about it sometime, because I feel like you guys have great stories. Yeah, I want to hear the end of that, uh, you know, dragon story. Yeah, yeah. Low-key, low yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. When you come back in a month, I'll give you all the... Well, I don't, I don't really know that much myself, but everything I can, like, find out might be able to... Sweet talk the kid no <laughs> might be able to eavesdrop on the captain a little it's really it should be really fun <laughs> sounds like a good time okay. i'm gonna probably join yeah everyone at the tavern yeah so um, i also just one other thing um <laughs> aside from buying the book i do like what you know as i'm walking around like if i see people in the process of rebuilding things if there's like people who are need help like with lifting heavy things in the rebuilding process, I volunteer to help them out and stuff. Yeah, sure. You 
do that. It's easy and um, it's it's easy easy for you. It's hard for them. People are very grateful. They give you you know like little bits of food. You know like some of them have made some really great cake and they give you a slice that sort of stuff. And it is just um, you know it, you you help and you really you feel the effect of that. You do help. Okay. Um, okay. So now you guys are setting off on your journey. Uh, you meet early in the morning, about two or two days after you had the uh, conversation with Jackdaw. Uh, earlier on, when we were meeting with him to do the um, like run through of what the plan is going to be, are we expecting any particular kind of danger on the route? Um, there might be. He he says there there might be some some bandits. Bandit activity might be up. I'm not sure. Uh, the real problems. The real problem will be at the showcase. I'm afraid there might be more activity there, so you'll have to keep a sharp eye. I have some, a couple rare items going up, and I'd really like to still have them at the end of the night. And is the showcase today, or...? No, the, the showcase is, so we'll spend uh, two days, two to three days traveling to Benvolor, depending on how the roads are. And then when we get there, the showcase is four days from na- from when we leave, so we should have plenty of time. Okay. Great, that just changes what spells I've read. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you guys go, um, you leave on this journey, and you are on this journey with him and a couple, you know, like, assistants. You are sort of the main guards. It's a couple, it's like two caravans. He positions you across them, um, shows you, you know, like, gives you a list of what he's taking with him. It looks like he's got vaults um, that in... He's picked up a few new things here in uh, Penser, but he's got vaults in his main base in Benvalor which is where he's going to store a lot of this stuff. You know, there's some pretty nice magic items here. Pretty cool stuff. If we sort of have time when we're, like, just chatting and, like, setting things up, I am going... He is the one who was hiring the... Paying the Miracle Knights, right? Yeah, for sure. I was, I'm just going to ask if he's had any other word with them. Oh, um, uh, they made it to the next city on their tour just fine. They're gathering strength and popularity. They're rebuilding their popularity after about a year off to introduce Geary, the, the newest yes, member. Yes, yes, I... Um, she really fills out their sound a bit more, you know. Art Helvin's like a, a genius, obviously, but Damrai and Esteem are, they couldn't quite, their drumming skills, the two of them, aren't exactly the greatest, and Art Helvin's magics could only do fairly simple tunes in the background, so it's really good to have someone who can provide a complex beat. She's a real, real gift, honestly. I'm, yes, yes. I mean, I, I do can highly a- recommend it. I do have extensive notes on where I think they could improve, but... (laughs) Well, I'm sure you can share those with Arad Helden, not Oh, I plan on it. (laughs) I certainly plan on it. (laughs) They're very good at, um... They're very profitable. They're very good at having... Attracting a large crowd as, uh, in particular, they're great at making people feel connected to them. It's a real power of charisma performance. Yes, I've noticed that. <laughs> Which makes them a very solid investment. I'm glad to sure. not have lost my money. I'm sure. And their lives, obviously, that's also a side thing, but also, you know, like, uh, that's, <laughs> yes, that, that went without saying. That went without saying. <laughs> I found a lot of them to be quite agreeable. <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hitting the trail there... Would lions be terribly uncommon creatures in this wasteland? Yeah. Lions, it's it's a pretty... The thing about Vrymor in particular is that uh, up until around 
80 to 90 years ago. It was a pretty desolate place until um, the first king and queen, you know, found one another and between their true love and their love for their country raised it up and it became this huge trading nexus because it is sort of a central continent. But the land itself is very barren. It can hardly support life. It barely has monsters in the wastelands because there's not enough food for them. So lions don't tend to get seen that often mm, because okay. they, they need more they need a more reliable food source. Probably more likely to be something like a jackal or Yeah. I don't know what stats I would use for that, but probably like wolf stats. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I would go for like some sort of jackal desert wolf type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be scouting out a little bit. Okay, sure. Roll me perception. Okay. And it's with advantage if I can use hearing or smell. Yeah, sure. Uh, that is two nines, uh, which <laughs> is a 12. You know, there's this path is probably usually pretty well protected. The guard's pretty scarce on it at the moment. You're not seeing very many like bandit groups, though. You're not seeing very many people in general. You do, as you guys, like you go through your first day and you have no negative activity on the road you know it seems like everything's kind of fine but you pass through a you know like a couple villages that look a couple they, they look pretty hard off at the moment and it, you know like you see people who clearly fled Penser after it maybe people whose homes were destroyed people who couldn't you know like who have other places to go and other things to do but there's a bunch of people who look kind of you know that destitute refugee look of like everything they had might have been taken from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the sense that usually the guard does try to help out with that, but some people are going to get scared and run regardless. Makes sense. But no, that's sort of the look you see of people passing. It's people like that. There doesn't seem to be very many bandits here. Okay. They take up the adventures that were heading out and were not heading out in this direction. Most of them are heading either north or east. This is, you're heading west. So we have a generally uneventful trip, I take it. Uh, well. Just an uneventful first day. Uneventful first day. Uh, the second day, you're getting more into the wastelands. You've sort of passed your last town a couple hours ago. Um, and this is a portion of it where you get sort of high... It's not like sand dunes. It's sort of more like a little bit of rocky crags on either side. This was like a road that was carved to be pretty straight, so it was carved between places that, um places on either side where people could maybe stand and look down. Uh, there's guard towers, however, up there, and there's a lot of sort of, it's pretty straight most of the time. As you come to one of the few sort of sharp bends in it, as it has to go around uh, what appears to be a sort of uh, an unstable rock face that they couldn't like break down as easily without causing as many, without causing a bunch of issues. Uh, what's everyone's passive perceptions? 19. 12. 15. Also 15. 10. Hmm. <laughs> You're still being a jackal running ahead. Are you running along like the cliffs a little bit? You, um, it's not super probably. up. It's like I'm, 20 or 20 feet up. Yeah, in that case, like, I want to be someplace that I've got a better vantage, better view. Yeah. Um, I'd say you, with that, particularly because you look just like a jackal running along, um, and you also sort of get a sense of like the stillness. There's a stillness here that's coming. But you actually, as you sort of get that sense, you know, run up a little bit and see what appears to be around the bend. There look like there's um, a group of people sort of hidden in a few rocky crags that are um, 
it looks like they've got some sort of like beat up small swords and pitchforks and stuff. They look pretty poor. Okay. I'm going to give a warning sort of yowl type thing. Okay. You guys recognize a warning. <laughs> Go on <Yep>. alert. <laughs> yeah. Ready weapons and stuff. Yeah. Let's see. How, uh, looking at the bandits, does it look like they've spotted the caravan yet? Uh, they definitely hear it coming. Okay, so they're probably, even if we retreat, going to try to chase. I'm just going to come running back to you guys, and as I sort of scramble down the cliff, just say, some, I need some other people up here. There's some bandits. Cliffs. Do you change back? Yep. Okay. I, I know I cannot talk as a jackal. <laughs> yeah. I can climb and I'm ranged. I so. can also sense. climb. Yeah. Uh, I will. Well, I'm ranged. I'm, well, I'm not ranged. <laughs> yeah, I'm you might I can, I can go ahead and uh, I, I can go ahead. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm happy to go with and show you where they're hiding. We should tell the caravan to slow down until we've cleared things up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, the caravan slows down and in fact... Uh, uh, Gareth begins like faking that a wheel has had a problem. He goes, "Oh no! How d-? he fakes like an, an indignant, rich merchant voice where he's like, "How dare you! I thought you guaranteed that you checked this before we, you know, like we've had this issue before." Um, what do you guys I, do? I hand a Tanglefoot bag to one of the other caravans guards. Okay. And say, um, if somebody comes and chases after you guys, um, mm-hmm. this might be able to slow them down just aim for them, it kind of blows up and and gets all sticky and it might slow them down. Okay, they take it. And as we, I guess, are probably sneaking up around there, I'm going to cast mirror image on myself. Okay, cool. So at this point, who's sneaking up and who's running in? I'm, I figure I want their attention on me because mm-hmm. I'm the flesh bag, you know, <laughs> the, the hit bag hit, stack of hit points. <laughs> Um, so I sort of run in and try to draw their attention towards me. Okay. I'm and I would like very out. much to be on a ridge where <laughs> at least some of them might not yeah. be able to hit me. Yeah, I'm going to be up on the ridge. Oh, I'm going to be also doing the sack of hit points thing. Okay, um, so do you guys I go... Can hold com- I can hold concentration on mirror image while I lie in, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, do you three who are going up on ridges, are you both, are you all going up on the same ridge or are you going two on one and one on the other? I think that one. Split up. Okay, who's going where? So it's it's about um, a 10 to 20 foot wide road and then a 20 feet up on either side. I'm happy to go up alone. Okay, okay. then we do that. So at this point, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have everyone roll initiative. Okay. Also, I'm going to lion shake. Cool. That's why I'm a lion with two duplicate images of me. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> You're a three by him. Indeed. Why? <laughs> initiative rolls suck every time. I probably time. did worse than my base roll, at least. I got a two for my base <laughs> oh, roll. Oh, I got a three. But I actually have a good initiative modifier. I have a zero initiative modifier you know, for now. Drugs, I've got a 14. Why? Every time. Okay, 25 to 20. 21. 15, 20 to 15. 19. 15 to 10. 14. Uh, there's a Alex, my <laughs> die just like rolled all the way across the floor oh, underneath okay. your chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ten to five. Seven. Aaron. Two. Okay, so first up, dust. You climb. You've climbed this ridge. You can see down. There's. Uh, it looks like there's sort of various rocky crags that are about. Looks like maybe a total of ten-ish people are hid in the cracks. Um, you can see about five of them. 
Alright. Um, I'm gonna take the one that looks like a clear shot and um, attack with my crossbow. Okay. Uh, roll with advantage, because they don't know you're there. Because they're not. They did not perceive that. So I roll my d20 twice. Yes. Great. All right. Um, 18. Uh, yeah, that hits. Um, wow, that was terrible. Um, that's four points of piercing damage. Okay. You fire a bolt through this person's shoulder, and it sort of throws them back. Uh, and pretty clearly, immediately, these people are like, oh, fuck. Because they like heard you coming towards them, and they were prepped for that. And now they're looking up, and they sort of see you but because you're alone they don't know these two are here and but they are suddenly very aware of more people being in this fight next up is theo i will throw a bomb into the thickest group of them okay there you can catch about three of them i think cool i will inspire myself okay so that's a 15 to hit the square um and they can all have saves of the dex variety Con variety, excuse me. Okay. Two of them get an 18 and one of them gets a 10. All right. The 18s will take five damage and the other guy will take 10 damage. And the other guy will also have disadvantage on the next attack roll he makes. Um, that's not a concern. He drops unconscious immediately. Perfect. Um, as he is suddenly very... It's someone who was... It looks like he was clutching a bow of some kind, a very cheap short bow. Um, and, like, basically just immediately from this frost wave, just, like, basically sort of half-frozen to the rock and bleeding out, bleeding head a little bit. Um, next up is Vantis. All right. I am going to charge down there. And, by the way, it looks as though three lions are charging. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I am going to try to pounce at somebody. Ideally one of them that's holding a bow. Okay, uh, those are the ones that are sort of further into the crags, so they're harder to get to. It's the ones that are holding sort of cheap-looking short swords, short mm -hmm. swords, that are easier to get to. Well, if they're in range, I want to try to drop on one of the bow ones. Uh, you can, you can certainly try. Okay. Um, do I have to roll anything else for it? Or? Uh, you roll, I will adjust the armor class. You know, it's like a bonus to their armor, essentially. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, that will be a uh, claw attack first. Which is a 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. And that's going to do 9 slashing damage. Okay. Um, and then they get to make a DC 13 strength saving throw. Uh, nope. Yeah, they're knocked prone, and now I get to bite. Uh, and that is a 19 to bite. Yeah. And even without advantage. And then that's going to do... Five piercing damage. Yeah, um, so you claw rake down this person's back as they literally fall forward, and then you tear out with your uh, mouth like a bit of their shoulder. Again, immediately goes into shock and is unconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, it's now the people at Short Swords' turns, um, who I th think the only person they can really see to fight at the moment, because Aaron hasn't gotten around there yet, <laughs> is you. So you're going to get a bunch of attacks okay. on you, Vantas. They get to uh, roll to see whether they hit me or one of the mirror images. I think you roll to see if they hit ah. you. Yes. Good spell to have right now. Yeah, each time a creature targets me with an attack, roll a d20 to determine whether they hit me. So yeah, the first one um, hits a is aiming for a duplicate. Okay, yeah, it hits a duplicate. Yeah, because their AC is 13. I think I have this spell typed oh, no, out for 12. you. 12. Yeah, it's 12. 12? Okay. Are you sure you have 
Well, anyways, I've got it here. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, DC's 12, so. Yeah, no, they hit. Okay. And yeah, so that's one gone. Okay, so then, second attack coming at. Uh, ah. Second one is coming at me. And it misses. All right. Third attack. Um, third attack. Also coming at me while I'm rolling. Also shit. misses. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled a seven and then a four. Oh. And then the next oh. one. Roll yours. Um, oh, it's coming at a duplicate. Okay. <laughs> that duplicate's gone because it was a nat 20. Awesome. I also rolled a nat 20. <laughs> so now I just have one duplicate. Okay. Uh, so this is the final attack. Okay. That one hits a duplicate as well. Okay, well, it misses a duplicate. Great, I still have one duplicate. No damage is done! Bad <laughs> attacks! What a good spell. That uh, you it's your turn. Okay. Um, do, does there appear to be any sort of leader here, or just um, a lot of... No, it's a lot of people with really shitty weapons who seem to go down really easily. And you rule that magic damage is fatal, right? Always. Okay, then instead of trying to burn them all to death. I think, how many of them can I get within a 20-foot cube? Uh, five. Can it just be, like, all the sword guys who are piling on vampires? Yeah, totally. Cool, I'll cast fairy fire on them. Okay, they get a dex saving throw? Yep. Does Vantus also get a dex saving throw? Is there a way for me to angle it so it's not... No! They are all around me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vantus. Okay. That's okay. Um, they failed their deck saving throw. Three. Um, oh, you I pass. Mine. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they are now outlined in this faint. What color light? Blue. Faint blue light. Uh, next up, it is the archers' turns. Uh, so they are going to. Uh, they're going to do one attack on Dust, two on Euterpe, and two on Theo because they now know where all of you are. So first on Dust. Uh, this is going to miss with an at two. Yep. That then first one on Euterpe is a 13 to hit. 13 misses. Second one is a 7 to hit. <laughs> also misses. <laughs> Poor bandits. <laughs> now on Theo, that's an 11 to hit. Misses. And that's a 13 to hit. Misses. Yeah, they're just going well. Oh, you get the sense? These may not be trained bandits. Yeah. Uh, and finally, it's Aaron's turn. These poor bandits. Oh. Well, no, okay. Here's the thing. I mean, the, two of them are already bleeding out. Yeah, and also, like, there's there's no honor in, like, fighting and killing, like, untrained bandits who are clearly, like, fleeing from, you know, like... They're not... I mean, yeah, they're, they're poor and destitute looking. It looks like maybe these are desperate people, not yeah. bandits, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm gonna try to just knock them out. Okay. Um... Like, if I can hit them with, like, the butt yeah, of my sword? you can do non-lethal damage with melee weapon, with, like, other weapons. It's just magic damage. You have to try really, really hard, and usually no. If you burn someone with fire, they typically die. Yeah. There's not a way to be like, I just aim this fireball at their feet. Not, not happening. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I'm hitting them with melee weapons, trying to just knock them out. Yeah. Um... So I uh, hit one. Can I get at the archers or what's? The... Uh, they've come out of their things a little bit now, so you could probably get at a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to get at the uh, whichever of the archers is looking more injured right now. Uh, they are all at full health except for the, t uh, except for yeah. There were t five. There were seven of them. Two of them are down. 
uh, the other ones, the other five are at full health. Um, okay, then I'm just attacking, I'm just picking one and attacking whichever one's closest to me, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, that's 21 to hit? Yeah. Oh, uh, with advantage. <laughs> Not on the archers. Oh, okay. Not on the archers, okay, but 21 fine. hits for yeah. sure. Roll your damage. <laughs> um, okay. That's... Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, that's ten piercing damage? Just slashing damage, sorry. Yeah, you down one. Uh, okay. Just, you, like, hit just straight to the center of the forehead with the butt of your sword, and they just crumple. Okay. I'm gonna burn an action surge and attack another one. Yeah, sure. Also another 21. Yeah. For sure. Oh, God, that's 14 slashing damage. And another one bites the dust. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's all I can do. Just down. All right, top of the order with dust. Great. Um, I'm going to, can I do non-lethal damage with my crossbow? Yeah, for sure. Great. Because it's not a spell. Let's, yeah, let's aim for that. All right. Are you aiming for one of the three remaining archers or one of the five remaining sword guys? I'm going to go for an archer. Okay. <laughs> you get advantage on the sword guy. You do get advantage on the sword guy. But the archers, well, the archers are taking out the tight. Listen, the sword guys can hit like those of us who have lots of hit points. The archers can hit the ones who don't. Right. The archers can actually reach us. <laughs> That's fifth. Yeah, that hits. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the adding is. Great. It hits. The sword guys once we've taken out the archers. Yes. Um, so that would be nine piercing damage. Uh, yeah, that one's looking not great. Not fantastic. <laughs> Barely, you know, like this, this, uh, uh, it's sort of pulling back with a thing and you actually manage to shoot and this arm like sort of snaps back and this person's immediately not looking great. Uh, next up is Theo. I'm gonna aim for the same guy. Okay. He's still up, right? Yeah. Okay. With that short bow, excuse me. Cool. Um, that is a 14 to hit. That hits. For six damage. Oh, yeah, unconscious. Cool. Non-lethal. Yep. Uh, goes in, you know, like, you sort of aim a little bit lower and it tears something further back and this person just, like, drops from pain. Excellent. Uh, next up is Vantis. Um, alright, I'm gonna go for non-lethal damage, too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm gonna go in... With a bite attack to one of them that are surrounding me here. Okay, yeah, you've got a. There's two there that look like they're about half health, so you can pick one of them. Um, of the swords people. Yeah, the sword people. Okay, yeah, just one of those two. Cool. Um, and that'll be a nineteen to hit. Yeah, for sure. And that's gonna do five piercing damage. And down. <laughs> As you just uh claw across and again this person like falls back and sort of hits their head against something and crumples these people are dropping like flies it is now the sword people's turns um and they are very scared gonna keep trying to hit the lion <laughs> let's see are they targeting me or the last duplicate let's see. uh they're targeting the last duplicate with first. a 17 that hits mm-hmm. sorry the 19 so you've got no more duplicates left so now it's just three more attacks on you okay uh 17 to hit hits 18 to hit also hits. And a 19 oh. to hit. Also hits. Consecutively, like, getting better. Uh, that is going to be a total of 16 slashing damage. Okay. Uh, as these three swords sort of a little more, now that they're a little more in their groove, they do sort of manage to tear across you now that there's no more, like, looser. They were like, oh, God, four lions. A pack of lions. Oh, man. <laughs> 
Euterpe, it's your go. So I will throw some inspiration at the Theo, because he's standing right next to me. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And then, then I think because I don't actually want to kill these people, I'm going to just take out my short bow. Okay. And uh, shoot one of the sword guys. That you have advantage on, yeah. yeah. Are they, There's are, two are that they look weaker. Like... There's one that looks weakest. I'll assume that you aim for the weakest yes. looking one. I get advantage. The first one was significantly better and was a 22. Oh, God, yes. So that's going to be full damage, so nine points of damage. Down! You've Not taken legal. us from 12 people down to four. <laughs> you have four people still standing. Uh, next up is the two remaining archers who are going to aim um, uh, one at Dust and one at Theo. Uh, so first off, the one at Dust is a 12 to hit. This is... That's a 13 at Theo, as this they is... continue to be unable to hit any of you. <laughs> uh, next up is Aaron. All right, I'm going to hit one more archer. Yeah, sure. So close to being a 19. Um, uh, okay, so that's a 24 to hit. Oh, yes. Obviously. <laughs> that's double their AC. <laughs> um, that's nine damage. So close so to dead. bad for these guys at yeah, this point. <laughs> so close to gone. Um, okay, top of the order with dust. Great, I'm going to take the other archer. Well, right, you the... can probably down the one that Aaron just slashed through. All right. If you want to down another archer. All right, I'll, t- I'll take a shot at him. Cool. Um, 16. Oh, yeah. Great. And that's uh, an 11. Yeah, piercing. you obliterate this person's shoulder person's not this person just like crumples you guys are decimating (laughs) these people uh theo i'm gonna study the other archer and then take a shot cool good thing i studied him Um, you have inspiration 14 that hits 14 hits eight damage uh yes still standing but looking really bad uh next up is vantis all right um are there, are there any more swords people up? At Three. Three? Okay. Uh, and I get advantage there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it is going to be another chomp. Uh, and that'll be a 21 to hit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do um, eight damage. Yeah, you down another one. As you go for another one that, you inj- that was injured previously, and you just, like, again, just crumples under this assault. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two are now terrified, uh, but seem to, you guys have decimated so thoroughly they don't trust their chances to run away, so they're just gonna keep fighting this terrifying lion in front of them. Uh, that's a, that's a mod 20 to hit. Okay, yeah, that is. And then the other one is, uh, 15. Yeah, those both hit. Okay, you take 11 points of slashing damage. Okay, and with that, I drop back into my tiefling form. Okay, they are still terrified. <laughs> still scary. So there were four lions, and then they became one lion, and then it became a tiefling. <laughs> uh, it's Euterpe's so turn. Um, so there's still... There's two, two sword people up. I guess I'd take another shot at one of them. All right. Are they both at full health? Yep. Okay, so I just pick one randomly. Shoot with my sharp bow. 
Nat 20. Oh god, do it. Murder this person. And roll full damage again. So that's gonna be uh, 15 points of damage. Dead. Unconscious. Unconscious, yeah, I was going for non-lethal. There's two people up, one archer and one sword dude. And it is the archer's turn. Uh, the archer is gonna try and fire an arrow at Aaron because they're not having any luck hitting people farther away. Um, that is a mod 20 to hit. Yep, that hits. Uh, so that is gonna be, oh, six points of piercing damage. I'm fine. As they sort of, you know, like just angle at the only person they can, and now it's your turn. So I'm gonna hit him back. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's, uh, that's uh, 13? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh! <laughs> oh no! Two hit points is just unconscious. <laughs> That's sixteen one, damage. One sword, one sword dude standing, uh, and it is Dust's turn. Just the one sword dude. Just the one sword dude at full health, looking scared. All right. <laughs> I guess I'll go for him. Okay, you have advantage on the attack roll. Great. I love this. That fell into my lap. <laughs> I'm gonna switch to the table now. I was. Nice. Uh, nice. You, get, you get to roll again, though, because oh, yeah. Yeah. you have advantage. <laughs> Guys, I can't roll safely. <laughs> when you do. You're danger to yourself and others. Okay. Um, that's 16 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Great. Um, and that's only four piercing damage. Yeah, still doesn't look great. You know, like as this bolt comes and like again hits, you hit like for aim for an arm, but like the arm holding the sword, and you do manage to get a solid slash, and the person's like, ah, oh, oh no, Theo, it's your go. There's one sword dude standing. Give up, and we'll stop attacking you. Roll me persuasion. Twelve. Um, I don't think this person. You have inspiration. That's true. And it's not gonna last after this battle, so you might as well add it. Eighteen. Uh, this person does, in fact, at that, like, drop the sword and put, you know, like, clutch, uh, their arm and just sort of curl up. Um, (laughs) And the battle is over as you decimated these peasants. Okay, I'm going to... At least we didn't kill anyone. Uh, I'm gonna cast... Wait, you say that. (laughs) Wait, I run They went unconscious, so it takes, like, yeah... There's uh, two people who you guys did knock unconscious before you specified you were doing a non-lethal damage. Yeah, so I run over to the one that I knocked unconscious. Okay, roll me a medicine check. Oh. I give him a healing potion. Okay, he comes to me fine. I'm gonna use good berry. Okay. And then go around and just pop berries in the mouths. Okay, so they- unconscious people. Yeah, uh, they- I'm taking away their weapons. Okay, sure, you do that. You gather up their weapons. They sort of curl up far away from you. <laughs> they don't, like... Some of them are like, where did the tiefling come from? All I remember was a lion. <laughs> but they do sort of basically, like, cower and hide. This did not go well for them. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the city. I'm sure you could, if you went back... Um, I mean, there are also healers there. So I'm sure you could find honest work. Roll me Persuasion? Okay. 16? Okay, there's some quiet muttering, you know, like, there's some, a couple of them mention, you know, like, throw, sort of, like, you know, there's not, the work doesn't pay very well, a couple of them mutter a few things about, like, mouths to feed, that sort of stuff, you know, like, harvest been bad. Um, You're much they, less likely to get attacked, you know, if you... They, they mostly the seem to, they mostly seem like they're just gonna agree with anything you guys say. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, sure, My okay, <laughs> 
it gets a lot harder to feed your family if you've been mauled by a lion. Uh, yeah, sure, I okay. Would, I would head to the city if I were you. Um, they will pack up and leave because they are terrified of you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> you decimated them. Yeah, that battle took, what, max 20 seconds? <laughs> yeah, 20 seconds. Within, like, the first round, you guys had knocked many of them unconscious. <laughs> Yeah. As they, they just leave. They just, like, they're basically running off. And, like, the caravan, like, pulls forward with this, like, crowd of, like, 12 people running past. And um, uh, Gareth says, well, you are very competent. I'll give you that. <laughs> Come back carrying, like, a mound of really cheap short bows and <laughs> swords. Those are worth nothing. Okay. I figured. I just wanted to take them so they didn't get any other ideas. Yeah, let's at least put them somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can carry a lot, but that's I, mean, I can carry a lot of weight, but that's a lot of bulk. Let's, 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 oh, I was just, I was just thinking, um, we could always just burn them or something because they're pretty worthless. Yeah, we could do that. I don't. I'm. What part of me looks like I can burn oh, no, anything? I'm not saying you oh, can. I can set them on fire. Yeah, are we, I mean, that's are we, Do we know of any small towns that might need to arm their guards or? Oh, the Rymore Guard supplies better weapons than that. Those look like they'll fall apart in a minute or two. I, I can okay, set them on fire. Them. I can actually set the swords on fire, but that takes more work, and I'd like to save that energy for if we actually do something exciting. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you just hit them with a little bit of fire, they're already messed up enough. I I just set firebolt to the whole pile of them. Yeah, they, they burn. You know, it takes a repeated casting for a while, but, you know, you get a little, you get showy with it. You have a little oh, fun. Oh, yes. I, I'm having great fun. Um, but you do, that happens. Um, and you guys proceed, and uh, you get no more trouble. You That slowed you down, like, a little bit, but not a ton. So you do halfway through the third day, you reach Menvalor. And so you, as you progress, you go sort of from Penser is... You know, like about two and a half days of travel away from um, from Benvalor, and it's in sort of this place that's a little more green. It's a little more vital. There's actual growing around it. That's why it's one of the places where it's got these beautiful, you know, like landscapes of plains, which is why the castle was built there. The palace was built there. Benvalor is along the coast. Between the two is this sort of desolate wasteland. As you get more towards the coast, the rock turns to sand, and beautiful, you know, like golden sand and you sort of crest over a hill and you see sprawling out before you this very large industrious port town there's boats still coming and going and this is a place you know like you've spent the past few days in either a desolate wasteland or a destroyed city partially destroyed city this is lively and booming and there seems to be lots of trade and people moving in and out and it's it's a beautiful place it's got some beautiful, tall, spiky architecture that sort of mimics the the craggy rocks of the wasteland in many ways. Yeah, and you've got a you've got you know about half a day to kill before the before the the party, the showcase. So there's not price gouging here because they weren't recently under. There's not exactly price gouging here. But it's a port city, so I assume, and it's very pretty, so I assume tourism and inflated prices. But not so it'll really like depend tourists. on how well you roll trying to find a place that isn't a tourist trap. Yes. I'm looking for some place that sells goggles. Roll me <laughs> invest roll me investigation. You've got a decent in, yeah, in score. I'm good at investigation. I'm proficient in that now, I think. Uh 
which is good because that's gonna be a 15. Yeah, you manage, you know where to go. You avoid the sort of huge shopping areas that draw all these tourists. Then you go sort of down a little side alley into a place with like a little, there's a similar sort of architecture here of, you know, like little alleys and then large squares where like sea wind blows through, which is not exactly what it was in Penser, but something sort of similar. Um, and you do manage to find in a little alley off to the side a sort of artisan shop of fancy goggles. So I'm looking for something that would, you know, fit a, a 17-year-old human male. <laughs> something a little, like, something stylish, something a little steampunky. <laughs> Steampunk is not a word that they use. I mean, no, but you... Roll, the, uh, roll me a... You find something, you find, um... What color is Theo's hair? Red. Red. Okay, so you find some... It, God, he's a ginger? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> you find some goggles that look like they've been uh, sort of... It looks They're not made out of silver. They're made out of something stronger than that, something strengthened. Um, but they do have sort of a little bit of a, a sheen to them, of like a sort of almost a, almost a rainbow sort of sheen to them. They've got a, a variety of lenses that you can fit in and screw on, and they sort of look, they're very, um, they're very cool, <laughs> you know? They've also, they do have, uh, for when you're welding and yeah. you need, like, a little bit of light protection, they've got dark glasses that oh, you can good, screw on good. to. I, I do want to, like, make sure they're functional. <laughs> they're functional. They're also, you know, like, but I also they look, they're, they're really not, cool. like, they're not pretty. They're cool. That's more important for what I'm going for here. <laughs> okay, they're going to cost you about 10 gold. Okay, that seems like a fair price. Okay. Uh, so you pay 10 gold for these. Great, I go back to wherever and it's like... Yeah, you're staying at his... Uh, he's, uh, Gareth has like a larger mansion here, not a townhouse, an actual mansion where he's busy now setting up with caterers and various other people this showcase. Mm -hmm. So... So Theo, remember the the whole like sunglasses thing and like looking at things casually. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the old ones. But and I hand him. <laughs> These are awesome. I start like flipping through the different lenses. And... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Where did you get them? Oh, it was this quaint little shop off of like whatever street. <laughs> I put them on. I adjust the straps. I pull them down over my eyes and, like, flip the lenses in and out. <laughs> so, they look cool. Theo! <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give him, like, an hour of excitement oh. and then be like, so here's how to just, like, pull it off. <laughs> then I'll give him advice. But I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him be excited. Oh. Um, I put my old goggles safely away yeah. in, my, in my bag. Um, um, but yeah, well, I was gonna say, I offer Aaron, hey, uh, you want to grab a meal someplace? I feel like we may have started out on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah, good for that. Alright. I find, like, some decent... Yeah, there's, like, a little, uh... It's, it's like an outdoor cafe sort of thing that's serving some, some fresh seafood. Nice. Nice. Haven't had anything like this in a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had seafood since I left Rungut, but not usually fresh seafood. Yeah, we got some pretty good stuff in Asset, too. Yeah, I've, I was in Asset for a little while. Yeah, I imagine so. I'm guessing that's not an uncommon route for folks who are... Yeah, I mean, not a lot of people leave Rungut, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, when I, I, I left, uh, came out in Asset, um, and sort of traveled along the coast, as, you know, 
like, going from guarding job to guarding job, sort of. I'm curious, what brings you so far away from Rungut? Um, I was a guard, uh, for almost my whole life, and it was time to explore, um, you know, just see the rest of the world. I was trying to, to use a, a colloquialism, um, uh, I was a little fish in a big pond, <laughs> uh, and I thought, someone made it clear to me that it might behoove me to go, you know, gather more renown, um, you know, gather, just try to, try to make a name for myself before I go back home. That's fair. Yeah, that's not too different from why I left acid, I guess. Just decided I wanted to see a little bit more of the world. Maybe get some new supplies for my bar. Yeah, what's that like running a bar? Um, I tell a few stories, probably uh, ones that you appreciate about like ridiculous customers who the bouncer needed to help toss out. <laughs> nice. Um, but you know, it's mostly it's a pretty ch chill lifestyle. I like it for the most part. Just nice to have a little bit of excitement for a while before I head nice. back. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm, I am enjoying the freedom a little bit. I was, you know, I. Uh, joined the, you know, guard training academy when I was very young, and then I spent almost my entire life, uh, as a guard for in the palace, um, which was not, you know, the most exciting. Like, it was, it was, it was cushy, you know, it was like a, more, a cushier job than some of the others. Like, I really shouldn't complain, but... It's but... tough having to work for someone else all the time, I guess. That's part of what I liked about owning my own bar. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. I there were good and bad aspects. Um, it helped that I liked the people that I was working for. Um, they were generally good people, and and eventually I got more into the personal guarding, you know, aspect of it, which can always have interesting stories. Um, sort of how I went into becoming you know, a bodyguard, and I do you know we I, I got to fight some cool monsters and stuff. You know, cool. Uh, that, that far down, that close to the breach, you get a lot of uh, sea monsters and the like that just attack the city from time to time and all the guards go fight. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing I try to get a few stories from you that way. Yeah, I um, can't think of any like sea monsters off the top of my head, but I, I imagine yeah, there's yeah, been you tell some stories. Some stuff. You yeah. do some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Some, some weird cephalopods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some weird cephalopods. <laughs> By the way... I noticed you were offering to help out with that gal Saba's debt. Yeah, I, was, I figured, you know, he did say in Benvalor, which is where we are now, so I figured maybe um, at some point while we're here I might go try to talk to them, see if I can help out a little bit there. Well, if you need an extra set of hands, as long as it's not too sketchy, I'm happy to help out. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, she seemed a little misguided. Yeah, and, you know, it's not her fault that it, if... If her mom is the reason that she owes that debt, that's not her fault. Yeah. She shouldn't have to be the one to pay that off by herself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to speed this along a little bit yeah. so that we get, we're just going to jump straight to the showcase. So you were in this vast man, well, not vast, but, you know, sizable, very respectable mansion with a lot of, you know, like rich decorations, rich carpeting, books, you know, various things. And you're actually in a sort of ballroom area where on various pedestals around the room, there's set up these 
magic items. There's a number of them on display. And so the way that this works is that people come in and they mingle and they get food. You know, some of you could play music if you wanted to. Um, I mean, if that does, if that's allowed within the parameters of the guard job. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't have to like be, ob not all of you have to be obviously guarding. So there's that element for yeah. you of if that's what you want to do. Obviously. <laughs> um, so there is basically a receiving line of people who have, uh, they've supposedly all been issued invitations, although some of those may have been lost in the recent events. Um, and people will be, you know, like received uh, and then uh, ushered in. So and then allowed to wander around and get food and drink and things like that. So you guys can... Um, Decide within that where you want to be, like at what position you're do you're standing. Um, is like the bar a good position to, um, like, is it near artifacts or any sort of strategic location? Because if it is, it's a good way to get a, a sight of everyone's faces, so mm -hmm. that you know if anyone misses, if any if anything happens, you can say, oh, I saw that person around this time, or if you spot anyone who's maybe acting suspicious. You know, like, it's not necessarily, you can't necessarily get a clear shot on the artifacts on display, but it's definitely a good place to watch people. Okay, I might then be an undercover bartender. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Probably, like, patrolling the room and kind of just, like, mingling around with people and, and listening to them and, and watching them. Okay, cool. Yeah. I... I'm not a subtle person, oh. and my skill set uh, <laughs> lies in standing there and looking intimidating. <laughs> um, so I ask uh, um, Gareth. I ask Gareth, like you know, where do you want me to be standing, looking most imposing, you know, wearing people um, off? He, and yeah, he directs things. you to stand near the the. He actually uh, will put in a request to have uh, you, and he asks you know how good you are at reading people. Um, about average. Maybe you and someone who's good at reading people could stand by the door and watch the people. You could be big and imposing. I can do that. And then, you know, just make sure, see if there's anyone do, doing anything weird as they come in. Sounds good. I am the undercover performer, a.k.a. This is totally just an excuse to play the party, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so you guys get set up at your various locations. Things are going to happen uh, as they go in. But you guys start outside with the receiving lines. There's a number of people who come in. One of the first people who comes in is a sort of tallish, darkish complexion um, human. Looks like a noble of some kind who introduces himself as John Nars. Uh, he's from. He's a councilman from Valore, which is a human nation to the far south. Um, you said John Nars? Yes. Um, and he sort of smiles and nods, and he seems to be someone that people do sort of notice and know, and he gets ushered in immediately, and he's got a very fancy, um, he's got very fancy clothing on, and it looks like he's got a couple very expensive rings on his fingers. Um, so he comes in. Does uh, he seem to have any bad intent? Roll insight. Twelve. I guess uh, I will also just be insight checking people out how well it will go. Mm -hmm. oh, Seventeen. So... You, he may remind you of some people that you, you know, makes you sort of not look at him too directly. You look at him more and there's definitely something slimy about him, for sure. But nobility tends to be slimy in my experience, <laughs> for the most part, so. A couple more people come through. There's notably, uh, there's about three or four people in a row who don't have invitations, but are just sort of waved in. And then next up steps up a purple-skinned tiefling with uh, long dark purple, like it's it's like a, a 
light purple skin and then dark purple uh, hair and bright green eyes wearing sort of purple and green and gold uh, leather armor with a monkey sitting on her shoulder as she steps up and says, um, Malady. And the person says, uh, invitation? And she goes, I came here straight from Penser and it was in my room when things went off there, so it's not exactly... Oh, that didn't go as well. 19-7. Is she definitely not telling the truth about something? You're not sure what exactly. Uh, but, because some of this does sort of ring true, but she's, she's like a little aggressive immediately. And she says, it didn't seem to be that much of an issue with the people before me. Wonder what the difference is. I'm not going to try to speak because I'm not, I'm going <laughs> to fuck that up if I try. Um, I'm just going to flex my muscles and try to look a little bit more intimidating. So okay. like if she's really trying to lie her way in, just sort of ward her off a little bit. Roll intimidation. All right. Let's try. Not good. <laughs> um, uh, nine. <laughs> she gives you an appreciative look. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she's like, oh, you're flirting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She, she says, uh, look, I, I don't want to make this difficult for you, but um, you really want to get into the reason why you let four people in without an invitation, and then suddenly the tieflings are when you stop. You really want to get into that? Talking to the uh, person at the gate, if neither of you steps in. I'm not remotely equipped for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying in my lane. staying in my lane. I haven't heard enough drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm intimidated. <laughs> okay, she walks in. They I, let her through. Okay. She walks in. I think I will go over to let you guys know that she seems like suspicious, but I didn't really know how to um, how to confront her. I'm sorry, but like maybe we should keep an eye on her. All right, noted. Eye on her. I'm mostly keeping an eye on you know my music, but <laughs> well, we we are here for a job. <laughs> And the job is not playing music. Are we sure about that? <laughs> Pretty sure. Anyone else suspicious? We have uh, yeah, so a couple more people later, there's like a, a human, like a bardish looking individual, you know, with uh, actually does have a uh, some kind of flute, fancy looking flute hanging by his side, sort of steps up and says, uh, Gilbert Josie, here's my invitation. And he does hand off this invitation and get entered in, but there's... um. He's definitely distinctive against everyone else because he looks poor. He's got a fancy looking flute and some, you know, like, clothing that looks like it's cheap fabric that's been made to look nicer than it is in a way. Um, but he, he definitely looks, you know, like, not. he does have an invitation, but he doesn't look like the rest of the crowd here. Well, if he has an invitation. Yeah. I mean, I'm inciting everybody, mm-hmm. but I am, I'll specifically give you the numbers for the people you bring up. So this mm-hmm. is a 15. A 10 insight. Um, with a 15, there's something off there about the way he says his name. Okay. I'll do my rounds again. Tell everybody. Um, and finally, uh, the last notable person to step through, although notable mainly just because you don't see that many, is a tabaxi who steps up, looks, you know, like sort of, um, draped in some kind of green dress that looks like it's made out of vines and hands off and says a tangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, hands off an invitation and does step in. It has no invitation. Now I roll a nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) 
she, what you notice about her is like as she steps up to the building and you know, like you see her in line beforehand, she is looking, you know, like there's a small, you know, decorative wall around portions of it. There's some decorative trees. She seems to note every possible place you could enter. And as she walks in, she continues looking around at things like that. Interesting. Does it seem, can, can I tell any idea why she seems to be looking around like that? I mean, there's various reasons to look for points of entry and, a- and egress. Yes, there, there are. <laughs> you just note that she sees them. Okay. I will tell everybody about that one, too. I'll also, I'll, I'll tell people why I seem <laughs> to think various people were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, so you now have uh, four individuals who have been of note wandering around in here. There's other people who pass through. There's, like, slimy-looking nobles, but not, you know as slimy as John Nars. There's, like, various other people around, but you've got a couple people here to, in, you know, just figure out. So once everyone has entered, is there, like, a place where I can stand and just, like, just sort of glare at people and be like, don't even think about it, bud? Uh, Near the front door will exit, so if they're trying to carry a magic item out, you can be like, I see you. Okay, yeah, I'll try that. Sure, you do that. Um, What are those of you who are inside... Um, Especially for uh, the ones that Theo uh, flagged, mm-hmm. I'm going to just try to strike up conversations when people come by the bar to get my own read on them. Okay, so I think the first one who comes by the bar is the human bard who looks kind of poor, Gilbert Josie, who does step up and say, um, what's the most expensive drink you got? <laughs> well, these they've got some bottles of wine here that are surprisingly nice. And it's all free, right? Open bar? For a couple of drinks. Uh, yeah, sure. Start me on one of those. All right. So I pour it up, pass it over. Yeah, he takes it. So what brings you here? Looking for something? Just generally looking around, you know, getting a feel for some magic items. Getting a, you know, my number's coming up in the world and managed to wrangle an invite to this. So might as well do a little shopping. Insight check. (laughs) (laughs) How much is he planning to pay for those items? Um, that's... A 16, I believe. Yeah, 16. Um, well, he's certainly weird. <laughs> um, and he does... There's definitely something weird about the way he's saying that. It, it seems like probably he certainly does not have the money to pay for anything now. It might be aspirational shopping. It might also be casing the joint. I just go casually... Yeah, some of these items are pretty valuable. They've been really putting this place on lockdown, let me tell you. Really? You got insight on the, uh... The ins and outs? Yeah, they pay me enough that I wouldn't tell anything about it. Oh, yeah, I mean, guy's loaded. Yeah, but let me tell you, he's been well prepared. I'm just sort of Mm -hmm. subtle persuasion-y, like, (laughs) you probably do not want to push this. (laughs) Uh, That is a 21. Okay, yeah, he he seems nervous suddenly. He's like, (laughs) well, uh, you know, still nice, nice to look, you know? Mm-hmm. Aspirational. Yeah, good to know they still might be around. Yeah, get up the cash sometime. I'm sure I'll have the cash soon. Yeah, let me know if any of your gigs are in town. Will do. <laughs> um, and he takes this very expensive glass of wine and seems like he's going to go pile a plate full of food. Mission accomplished. <laughs> any, someone else want to jump in and do anything? I think I probably, now that people are in, kind of like make the rounds in front of the magic items. Mm-hmm. Um, and try to figure out, like, who's looking at them covetously, and just try to kind of figure out who's... Roll me another insight. 
Nat 20. 24. Okay, so plenty of people are examining the items uh, with the four that you're that you sort of flagged and you're looking out for. Uh, John Nars is examining a very fancy looking, very expensive looking sword. There's a staff that the tabaxi seems particularly interested in. And Malady is sort of wandering around looking at various things. Her monkey on her shoulder, who you presume is her familiar, seems to be particularly fascinated with a pair of boots. And, you know, she keeps, like, pulling... The monkey keeps, like, jump, almost jumping onto them, and she keeps, like, <laughs> catching the monkey and being like, no, 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 and pulling him away. Uh, and Gilbert Josie is mainly now wandering around looking at things sort of sadly. <laughs> if anyone seems, to, like, because I'm undercover. <laughs> so if anyone, like, actually seems to pay attention to my playing and, like, kind of gives me an opening there, mm -hmm. I'll probably follow up on it, but otherwise I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, Aaron's looking imposing. Dust, you doing anything? Are any of the these four guys, do they seem to be talking to anyone? Are people kind of keeping to themselves? Uh, so John Nars keeps sort of holding court periodically and then, you know, like speaking at length and then walking away and maybe looking at the sword again and then walking away and talking to more people. Uh, Malady, the tiefling, is pulling up to various people and having a conversation and her monkey keeps causing like a commotion, you know? Um, and the tabaxi is very tangled. The tabaxi is very... Um, not really talking to very many people at all. It does seem to have noted you. May come over and talk to you yeah. at some point, as the, you know, not, not common to see at tabaxi places, but is sort of looking, looking around and sort of seems to be debating things. Uh, Gilbert Josie is not really talking to anyone, or it's more accurate to say no one is talking to Gilbert Josie. <laughs> I kind of want to follow up with this guy at some point. I just feel bad for him. <laughs> Well, at least he's getting a free meal and drink tonight. Yeah, got some good wine. Mm -hmm. I uh, I might go over and uh, hover around uh, John Nars for one of his holding court. Yeah, so he's he seems to be talking at some length about um, about Valore at the moment. So people, Valore is a human nation far to the south that um, is close to Fair, which is where the Tabaxi are from, and. He seems to be talking about uh, how Valore appears to have acquired more land recently. They appear to have expanded their borders. And he's talking about how, of course, they've just been, you know, liberating various people who were oppressed by minor patrons who were sort of attempting to raise their own nation and in doing so hurting their people. For example, they just freed a, a lovely little town from a, a very terrible Lamia. Um, and he just seems to, seems to sort of be there and spreading, spreading the word of Valore's good doings and periodically almost longingly looking at this sword. We need earbuds. <laughs> you guys can tell any of each other about anything you've had mm -hmm. you, you, that's happened here. Yeah, if any of you guys like swing by, I'm just gonna- Yeah, I think I'm generally just going to swing around and uh -huh. keep, keep, keep you guys posted. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I talked with the Gilbert guy, was it? Um, I think he had his sights on some stuff. I may have dissuaded him. Awesome. Talked up how competent we are. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'm going to say Euterpe roll perception. Okay. 19. 
Okay, uh, you you're you're sort of keeping an eye on these people. Not a lot. You're talking. You're mainly focusing on your playing, but you do hear sort of like monkey screeches, and it's not working with your music. And so you turn <laughs> and you do see. Um, it looks like the the monkey is causing some kind of a fuss, and so uh, Malady sort of waves her hand and does something, and the monkey appears to disappear. Does this look like a normal way of getting roll arcana? <laughs> oh, I have expertise in that now. I use Hell's Bracelet. <laughs> that is much better. Uh, that's going to be a 21. With a 21, it's very quick. You're at sort of a weird angle for it. It might be, but you think that's not how you put a familiar in its little pocket dimension. Okay. Uh, who's closest to me of the party? Yo, fuck. Who's closest to me, Terpy? You, Theo. Great, I I wonder gotta, who's moving. I, I I resolve the cord, put my <laughs> put my intro away, take a set break, and just dash over to the yard. It's like the chief one just turned the monkey invisible. I move over to the boots. I try to do it in a way that isn't like I, I run over to the boots, but I okay. I try to move there as quickly Roll as possible. Roll me deception. Yeah, sure. Nine. I run over to the boots. Okay, you run and stand by the boots. You're standing by some boots. Yeah. <laughs> they're nice looking boots. They're like gold stamped. You're like, they're obviously magical. You don't know exactly what they do because there's not like, the idea is that you look at these items and then you go and you talk to Gareth and he tells you what they do. So they don't actually uh, have a stamp of what they do. <laughs> you can make things light up, right? I can. I don't, at this point, I would have moved long enough that I don't know. Yeah, you don't know I don't know what's where. happened. Only if I know where they are. Maybe when they How spread out are all the magic items? So this is like a, um, this is a grand ballroom. Okay. There's also sort of like a little bit of, um, there's rooms leading off to the side, like yeah. people can go off into a library briefly, that sort of stuff, you know, like the magic items themselves are probably all within the range of fairy fire, but fairy fire doesn't last that long. No. But if the boots move, you could do it. Oh, absolutely. I can stay on boot duty. <laughs> <laughs> What's Melody up to now? Oh, she's talking to people. She seems very she seems very charming. I bet you guys will stop me if I just go and ask her what happened to her monkey. I'm gonna go <laughs> hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you hanging around? Melody. Okay, yeah. Uh, roll me perception. Oh, dear <laughs> lord. Um, well, that's a seven. Okay. So. Uh, so she is talking with people. She's actually pretty quiet herself. She just throws in a quick comment every now and again. Um, there's sort of, you know, like she's talking to various people here. She doesn't seem to have like a type of person that she talks to. She's just sort of walking around and being seen. Since I'm at the door sort of looking over the whole bar in my house, sort of like a wider scope of focus, can I roll perception to sort of see, like, if I can, if I can see... If it looks like there's, like, an invisible creature anywhere that's sort of, like, making little, like... Yeah, sure, roll perception. Not great, that's 12. There's a lot of people yeah. going around here. It would be hard to tell, particularly if this monkey is keeping to the floor and not clinging to curtains or anything. Um, in that case, I'm gonna do my best to make myself, like, take up this entire doorway. Mm -hmm. um, 
and in case something tries to like get past me. Yeah, have I noticed anything going on? I would say you were at the wrong angle to see the monkey disappear. You did see Theo run over some boots. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm boots. like hanging around casually. I'm doing the thing where I like I probably actually am interested because they're pretty. So <laughs> like I'm just like looking very closely at the boots. I'm just gonna stay there and definitely. Yeah, there's like, two people on either side of the boots now. <laughs> maybe maybe you have you, the boots covered. I I, I co- got this covered. Mm. You make the rounds and keep an eye on the rest of the things in case. The boots were apparently people use distraction techniques here. Very confusing to me, but apparently that's a thing. Um, I am gonna do do more rounds. Try to figure out. T- try to especially focus on the people that we've flagged already. But okay, uh, roll me insight again. Uh, yeah. I mean, Malady's sort of going around and being seen a lot. John Nars is holding court, but seems to actually be sort of holding closer to this sword more and more, you know, like, thinking about it. Don't, oh no, 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 okay, wait, stop for a second. Okay, I've cleared up the disk space, it should all be good, I've got the recording going again. Uh, should be fantastic. Okay. Um, so, you, uh, I don't remember what people were doing. I was staring at boots. Yeah, boots, man! <laughs> you, you would know these boots anywhere. Would I? Do I know anything about these? No, things? now, having if you ever saw them again. <laughs> Can I actually roll Arcana on the boots? Yeah, sure. I know what they do. Probably yes, since I think that's a 21. Um, it looks like these boots cast a, a, a kind of spell. They, they look like they're built to be quick and to be fast and to also make you quicker and faster and able to do more in a shorter amount of time. Oh, oh. That's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna swing by Aaron and just, like, inform you about the monkey shenanigans that may be going on and give you inspiration. Oh, thank you. That's a d6? Yeah. Anything, anyone else? Is anyone gonna go talk to any of these people? <laughs> I'm not gonna talk it. Actually, I would, but I'm on boot duty. <laughs> I believe I've been informed about the monkey situation. <laughs> um, We're all ready for this monkey. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, um, pour, what's a popular drink in Asset? Uh, I would say, mm, close to the sea, what does that mean? I'm gonna say, like, tropical, fruity, liqueur. Yeah, like a fruity, like a fruit, some sort of, um, oh, some, like a, like a cider brewed from a mango. Mm, yeah. I've got some of that, so, Mm -hmm. um, I tap out with the other, like, assistant bartender, since, Mm -hmm. of course, they didn't want the guard to be the only bartender. Yeah. Um. And I head over and I'm like, hey, nice to see another person from outside here. Or are you? Oh, no, I'm from, um, I'm, I'm from everywhere, really. Yeah. But uh, I suppose most of, I suppose if I had to pick a home, it would be Bjarnti's. Oh, really? Uh, Bjarnti's, what is that place like again? Sorry. Uh, it's a human nation south of Rymore, directly south of Rymore with an archfey patron called the Fey King. I was wondering, would you like a drink over here? With the little... I'll always accept a gift. Alright, well... Hey, by the way, what happened to that monkey of yours? Oh, he's... I got bored with my old familiar, so I summoned a new one. And he's not exactly well-trained yet, so he decided to throw a fit with so many people. So I just tucked him away in his pocket dimension. Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised that didn't set off any of the alarm spells over here. They were cloaking the place with them earlier. Were they? Yeah, they hired a bunch of guards... Yeah, well, thankfully, you know, just throwing something in a pocket dimension doesn't 
set off an alarm, typically. Yeah, not in my I experience with magic, although I am still, of course, learning, aren't we all? Yeah, some merchants can get paranoid. You know how it is. Yeah, well, people always suspect everything. Mm-hmm. There's some awful people out there in the world who would take terrible advantage of you if you didn't. Fair enough. Well, anyways, enjoy your drink, Miss, uh... Malady. Cool. I'll see you around. Um, yeah. See I you too. Her. And I'm just like, yeah, didn't really get anything out of that, but hey. <laughs> Worth a shot. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Anyone looking at the boots? Anything happening? <laughs> Nothing is happening with the boots! It's weird! It's weird! Nothing's happening with the and boots! And I, I am glancing around at, like, other magic items. Anything, any action? Um, roll me perception. Four. No, these magic items are totally normal. <laughs> I'm cool. so on my way back. Um, I'm gonna like do a loop around, like I'm sort of admiring the items. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a perception check to see if anything. Yeah, sure. Is a miss with them. Um, that's gonna be a twelve. These magic items are perfectly normal and everything's fine. <laughs> oh dear. I'm gonna take. Can I take another look? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel like we're all kind of <laughs> paranoid. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> paranoid, and that's okay. worse than my one before. That's a ten. Everything's oh going yeah, great, guys. We're doing so well, you guys. We have this guardian thing down pat. That is, yeah, thirteen. You guys, these magic items are so protected. You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> What? Theo, 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 you keep a quick eye around, and it's not, you do notice um, the tangle that Tabaxi has, like, stroked the staff a little bit, and as you, like, as her hand sort of leaves it, there's almost a little bit of a a shiver that runs across it, as though there's some sort of something, maybe she's cast something that's settling over it. Do I recognize it? Were you rolling perception or arcana? I mean, I was rolling perception. Okay. <laughs> um, you catch the end of the spell. Okay. Um, so it looks... It doesn't look damaging, is what you get. It looks like it's maybe something... There's something about the hand gestures and it's different, but it looks like maybe it's divination-based or something like that. Or maybe something about tracking it. You're not sure. Okay. Aaron, um... Tangle just like touched the touched the staff and did a thing and I don't know what's happening but you might want to keep an eye out. I will keep an eye on her. Should we? Hmm. We can, uh, You should run and tell um, uh, Gareth. Just let him know to look out for that. I'll do in that. Future. Okay. You tell him and he's like, Yeah, we'll um, we'll dispel any magic on it at the end of the night. Then that's good because if we hadn't done that, maybe she could have tracked it down and stolen it from whoever bought it. Technically not a crime yet. Prevented the crime part. I was proud. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I make sure to keep an especial eye on her. Do I? Can I make contact with eye contact with her at some point? Yeah, like, sure. I make eye contact with her and attempt once again to look imposing. <laughs> oh, intimidation! <laughs> this is a different person, so it's not. Oh, much better. Um, uh, that's a twenty-one. Yeah, she looks, she watches the muscles flex, and she looks a little bit like, oh, okay, well. She sort of shifts a little bit, you know, like, she she gives you a nod, acknowledges the threat. 
I guess I'm going to go over and talk to her. Okay, cool. <laughs> that feels like where we're at right now. Awesome. So I think I'm just going to go up and say, uh, hey, what, what, what brings you to this part of, part of town? Town or continent? Well, it's an expression. Um, business took me away from fair as much as I love my home nation, and I just thought I'd see what joys Bendelore could bring me. What treasures? Anything strike your fancy? Well, I have a strong connection to natural magic, and so does that staff over there, tragically out of my price range. But I might be able to find someone to loan it to me. Can I get you a drink? Always happy to accept a drink. Um, I go over... Are you back at the bar? Yep. Yeah, I go over and say, uh, hey, can you get me a glass of, uh, I don't know, let's go with wine. All right. I'm going to go see if I can get anything out of, out of that tabaxi over there. Romancing our lady tabaxi. <laughs> Every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hand the wine over. By the way, I can do detect magic, so if you bring her over closer this way. I mean, I can only see what's on her person. I don't necessarily know what she cast. Good to know. I um, take the wine back over and hand it to her. Oh, she takes it. She drinks it, sips at it delicately. The name's Dust. Tangle. Or around here, anyway. You know how it is. Back in Fair, you have a different name. What's your name back home? What's yours? Why would I tell you that? Oh, (laughs) see, now we're getting into the fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a particular interest in natural magics, like I said, so I just chose a name that matched with that. I make my own clothes, too. She gestures to her draping vine dress. (laughs) Got any other plans while you're in town? Oh, we'll see what crops up. You? What brings you around? You don't seem to be very interested in buying. No, I um, have been in the areas since uh, everything went down and, you know. Penser? Yeah. Tragic. Helping out where I can. Well, it's good that you're so interested in these other folk. Does anybody else feel like that was a tabaxi burn? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this went from very flirty to, like, weirdly hostile very fast. <laughs> I probably put my head up and bow out. Okay, cool. Uh, she smiles and watches you go. She's not really sure what happened there either. <laughs> um, I think at this point, because we're getting late in the session, we're just going to, like, you know, time passes. You guys continue doing these, like, little interactions with people, but nothing really comes of it. You watch for anything to happen with this monkey. Nothing does. Um, and in fact, as, as the night goes on and people begin to feed out, there's a moment where Malady is going to come up to Theo. He's going to say, so, observant one, right? Just wanted to let you know I'm leaving. See? Nice and easy. You've all been watching so closely. We've been watching lots of people closely. I'm very good at watching people. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm very good at being seen leaving. Perfectly fine. Nope. Yeah, she's going. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of intimidating. Oh, totally. I feel like the monkey's gonna stay there and then like take something after <laughs> yeah. she's gone yeah, so that she like has that's that how alibi. That works. Yeah. Um, Are we going to have to like try to find an invisible monkey? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I'm standing by these Very I have been trying to probably make conversation with anyone who goes up to, like, look at them to just seem more normal. Yeah, uh, there's probably a brief moment where this forlorn human bard comes up and, like... Question, how yeah. attractive is he? Oh, I mean, he's a little unwashed. Um, okay. 
Probably talked to him for a while, though. Yeah, he, he seems sort of, um... He compliments your playing and says he hasn't really heard stuff like that very much. He also does, he can't really play the flute and do yeah. the vocalist thing, so he's more focused on, like, the fancy finger, you know, like, he has an in-depth conversation with you, and it's actually yeah. nice. Yeah. No, my type of part. <laughs> you have a real conversation. But yeah, these people all sort of shudder out over time. Tangle leaves pretty late in the night. Towards the end, you wind up with, um, you know, it looks like all the items are still here, uh... They do call someone, uh, Gareth does call someone over to cast Dispel Magic on the staff, and in fact, something is dispelled, some sort of tracking spell. Um, I'm gonna just cast Detect Magic and wander around and sort of see if I see any other magical traces on anything, or conversely, any supposedly magical items that are Um, fakes or something. It looks as though you guys may have dissuaded the three threats (laughs) tonight-ish. Uh, one of them you're still questioning, which is the invisible monkey. Um, you don't see an invisible monkey because detect magic doesn't work on invisibility, and you don't know, that probably would have faded by now anyway, because it's been a couple hours. Roll me, if you are all going around and sort of patrolling things after the end of the night, you can all roll me perception. Detect magic doesn't catch anything unusual, except for some kind of location tracking spell was cast on the staff before it was dispelled. So Tangle's ability to track that has been taken out. Okay. Um, Wait, do you inspire me because it's been 10 minutes yep. since the... I can inspire everyone as we do our final check for the night. Yeah, and sure. I, have, I think Great. I have all my inspiration left, so each of you gets a d6 of inspiration That's if you want. Exciting. 28. Ah, modified 20. 24. 13. 9. <laughs> okay, uh, Theo, as you go around, you, you don't catch a person or a monkey. But as you go through the library, you can't, like, exactly spot someone. You just get this distinct feeling of being watched. Hey, Uterpy. Yes? I feel like there's someone in here. Okay. Uh, how big a space are we talking? What's the radius on Fairy Fire? It's a 20-foot cube, I believe. 20-foot cube. You could get... I can only do one casting at a time, but I have, I think, yeah, all you could, slots. you could do half and half, probably, and get the whole room if you did one half first and the other half second. Sure, yeah, I have all my spell slots. I have no inspiration, but a lot of spell <laughs> slots, so I'll do one half of the room. Cast Fairy Fire. Okay, um, no, nothing's lit up. Great, I do the other half of the room. What's your spell save, DC? 14. Nothing's lit up. If. If there is someone here, I'm not good enough to catch them. But that doesn't mean there's no one here. Magic is unfortunately fallible. Oh, if I see what's going on, Mm -hmm. um, I am going to go something that gives me advantage on smell perception checks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would go Mastiff. Okay. Before you do that, why don't you drink this? It might help. What is it? Uh, It's kind of like, have you ever cast Bless? No. Okay. So I've seen some clerics do it, and it seems to just kind of help people do what they want to do. Sure. I drink it. You get an extra d4 on um, your seeds. I'm not actually sure it helps with checks. I don't no, think it doesn't help with melody checks. Okay. Sorry. Oh. It's Well, I can inspire you at least. Yeah, so I'm going to go Mastiff, okay. and then just try to sniff around this room. Okay. 
Um, roll me perception, smell-based. Mm-hmm. How tall, what size is a mastiff? Um, they're a medium beast, so I'm like a big dog. Okay. Uh, that's a... And you can take an extra d6. Plus an extra d6. Um, that's a 20. Okay. You catch a scent in here. It's very recent. Um, you can't quite place it. It's not something you necessarily smelled before. It smells like maybe a person, you're not sure. Um, but it is no longer in this room. It looks like someone, when you guys all came in here, may have (laughs) snuck out. (laughs) Can I follow the trail? Uh, roll me survival. Okay. Have one more inspiration. (laughs) Thank you. Um, that is a 19. You follow it. Let me roll a thing with this person. Who's definitely not here. (laughs) 19, you said? Yeah. Expertise is a wonderful thing. Um, uh, you fall- like this is jacked off. Like, following us <laughs> to make sure that we're decent people. You follow this. Uh, it does. You can follow this scent. It takes you a little bit longer. Uh, basically, what happens is you follow the scent sort of up the stairs around to a window where there's like a tree nearby and it looks like this person climbed out the window and may have climbed back in the house you're not sure but um the scent trail is lost where the wind blows by the window Mm -hmm. so i look out the window i (laughs) sort of lost the scent dang it (laughs) um and then i'm just going to go back into the hall with the artifacts and keep patrolling around there. I presume they're, like, packing them up or something? Or are they just uh, making them on display? They're going to pack them up tomorrow. They're layering alarm spells over them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it looks like... Basically, Gareth comes up to you and says, Well, you've done your job. Thank you for what you've done. We found an invisible person, but we couldn't catch them. They got away. Out. Out a window. <laughs> Well, maybe you could go and see if you could track them outside? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Ventus did, and the scent trail disappeared at a window. Which window? Perhaps I could... I described the window. Okay. um, That's, uh, I think, around the back. If you could... There might be a... You could go and... Unless they've gotten away already. I don't really track people that often. We can try. Uh, We can go take a look. Yeah. Sniffer dog back on the case. <laughs> okay. Should we head back out without window? <laughs> uh, you're led around the side of the house where it comes out. It's near a pond, um, and there's a, also a wall there that you can jump to. Um, oh, those, who's trying to, who's taking point of, on doing this? You? I guess so. Yeah, I'm also, like, I'm looking <laughs> to see if there noise. are any footprints or broken twigs Roll or investigation, anything. roll survival. And I am all, right. all out of inspiration. <laughs> Um, 21. 21. What you get is no one came out this way. Both of you look for any form of tracks. Even invisible people leave tracks. Um, It looks like this person may have climbed out the window and then hung on the side of the building for a while (laughs) and then potentially gone anywhere but not this direction. Okay. I look at you and then start making a beeline back for the house. Yeah. I mean... We look all around the house, on the roof, general investigation okay, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, roll me a general investigation check. This has gone on a long time. 21. 21. Um, I'm sticking near the artifacts mm-hmm. as, like, additional protection. Yeah, 
yeah, you can't. There's places where you see something like there's um, a couch upstairs where there's a depression, like someone stood on it and, and hid behind a curtain. Um, there's places in the library where you notice books are knocked off places where it looks like maybe someone climbed on top of the shelves and was crouched up there hiding. There's signs of someone having been in this house <laughs> who stayed in after the, um, after the party ended. Um, but you cannot find this person. You know they were here and they might still be here. Can um, I do an investigation? Really good. Can I do an investigation check, or have we reached the? Point I think of we've absurdity? reached the point of absurdity. So here's what happens: um, the the magic items are sort of left out on display a little bit. They um, have alarm spells layered over them, but the idea is that the next day people will come back in and look at them and potentially purchase them. As um, long as it's not on our heads if they disappear at night. <laughs> no, it is not on your heads if they disappear at night. Um, you guys do everything you can. Uh, Gareth seems to think you're being a little overly cautious, in fact. And Gareth is like, it's fine. I'm sure no one's in the house. I'm sure you're just seeing things. Oh. <laughs> there was a book askew, and there was a depression in the couch. People wander around houses here. during the showcase. Yeah. I, I, mean, go, I go human-shaped again. <laughs> Tiefling. Or tiefling shaped again. No, really, I've been smelling them all over the place. It's new scent. Well, I'm... (sighs) I mean, it's yours to decide. They're your items. Maybe we'll lock the items up tonight in this little room, if that would make you feel better. Probably a good idea, Uh, though. Just let me give one last scent check as we close it. Just... Sure. Okay. So once all the other doors are closed, I give one last throw. Mm-hmm. There's no new scent in here, right? Type no. thing. Okay. Okay. I change back. They don't seem to be in this room, so let's close that door and seal it. Okay. Yeah, though I feel like whoever is this good probably can just pick locks. Well, we've done what we can. We have done what we can. <laughs> Um, so you guys are, you don't stay in the mansion, you've been given lodging in a small tavern nearby because the, there's a lot of, like, new people coming and sleeping in the ta- in the mansion in terms of, like, servants and stuff like that, and so there's not, um, so you're giving lodging a little bit elsewhere. Um, you do here in the middle of the night, um, well, pe- roll me perception while you're asleep. <laughs> Oh, not good. Nat 20. Oh. Wow. Um, Four. 22. The only time. 11. Nat 1. I'm asleep. You two wake up around 4 in the morning hearing uh, shouts and alarm uh, sounds ringing from the mansion down the street. (laughs) Wake everyone up. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you get there, someone's long gone. It looks like someone may have stolen some boots. Well, at least we know who it is. That monkey must have been someone who was polymorphed. Oh. But even that only lasts like an hour. Yeah, but the thing is, that means they could cast invisibility on themselves if they were also a caster. Which would explain why it wasn't monkeys. Yeah. Right. Do you guys go looking for Malady? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we find Malady. Like, do we have any leads on Malady? Um or her polymorph monkey. (laughs) Potentially polymorph monkey. You have a description of her, and she's pretty distinctive. Tieflings aren't in, they're not, like, super uncommon, but, like, purple-skinned ones are a little bit strange, you know? She's a very distinctive-looking person. Uh, You could roll investigation to see if you can find her. I will do that. 21. (laughs) Uh, I feel like you guys have something. Plus. Yes. 
Fifteen. Twenty-one. Six. I literally can't beat that, so... <laughs> okay, so with a, a twenty-one, you do, you ask around, you do a little sketch of her, actually, and it's, it's quite nice. Um, and, you know, people are like, actually, you, after about uh, half an hour of asking around and getting further into sort of the, the bustling nightlife of the city, you do hear someone go, oh, those assholes, yeah, they're, they're over there, and that, and they point to this uh, tavern, like, a, two blocks down. Um, do you go to the tent? Why don't you like them? You'll see. <laughs> okay. Cool, so we'll, we'll go over there. Okay. Um, you enter this sort of dark, seedy-looking tavern where it looks like, uh, immediately what catches your eye is four individuals. The first one, of course, is Malady herself, who is, uh, leaning against, sort of leaning back in a chair, and it looks like she's just sort of casting sparks and burning a little bit of a hole in the ceiling. Wow. <laughs> um, there is a half-drow individual with long, dark hair and sort of pale, warm, gray skin, who's, uh, leaning back and has his feet up on the table with oh. the legs crossed, wearing a oh. very nice pair of boots. Um... Wow. There is a half wood elf, wood elven individual um, who is has some sort of like knife and is playing knifey hand on the table <laughs> while a dog sits next to him, leaving distinct <laughs> marks in the table. And there is a half orc uh, woman who's like high, very high femme. She's got like a very fancy hairdo and beautiful clothing. Who's leaning there and is um appears to be uh, basically whittling and or like. T- has a knife of her own of some kind is like drawing some kind of design in the table. They're basically being okay. Not only are they thieves, <laughs> they have no respect for service jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're just basically causing a ruckus. Um, the the and you know there are some very nice boots being worn by this half drow. Am I allowed to just walk up to them, or are you guys gonna stop me? I think we should all walk up to them, <laughs> surround them. Great. I, I let us converge, but I'm going to walk right up to the, the half dot. Just be like, excuse me, we need those boots back. Back? These are mine. No, they're not. You stole them. Half an hour ago. Proof? We'll take you back to the guards. And they'll ID it. Malady sort of leans in with a smile and says, I remember you. Now, let's see. Proof. You'll find there's a very, very nice shopkeeper a few towns over who will attest for sure that we bought these from him. Now, people do tend to give us a little bit of trouble wherever we go. They seem to think we're thieves a lot. It's strange. It's funny how you you had someone looking very closely at the boots earlier today and then suddenly alarm spells go off and here they are. I'm sorry your boots have gone missing. These are our boots. We bought them two towns over and have a witness to testify, and I think you'll find I left that party. I think you'll find actually specifically I left that party. I did make it known very clearly. Yeah, you left your monkey. No, I didn't. He's right here. And she summons a monkey out of a pocket dimension. <laughs> yeah, He's an asshole. Yeah. His name's Reginald. None of you asked. It Look, was very rude. Hand over the boots. Look, provide proof that I have to. We will happily drag you back to the guards first, and you can. I will happily let you try. I feel like this is the point where we probably <laughs> roll initiative. Do you roll oh, initiative? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, they're already tearing up the bar. By the way, I'm 
mean, I guess I should have rolled insight. I assume that we're pretty sure they're lying, but... Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess insight is appropriate. Yeah. Um, that's a seven for me, so I don't know. Not good. That was some good. impressively bad rolls, guys. I, I don't roll insight. They think <laughs> that, that these boots are theirs now, and they are wrong. Right. <laughs> what are those insight rolls, guys? Not good. That's an eight. I, I Maybe they weren't working together? Um, like, like maybe she did walk out and she She seems was... very self-assured about that. She does. <laughs> Seven, so like, I can't see through it, but I can logic. You can draw your own conclusions, whatever they may be, but she does seem very self-assured of this. No, they're ours. Please come at us. We'll finish any fight you start. And of course, people who start fights now, they do tend to get in trouble with the guard. Not after it's been revealed that they've stolen a very, very expensive item from a local merchant. Mm. But can you prove it? Because, see, here's the thing. You haven't yet. I walk over and I cast Hold Person on the drow. Okay. <laughs> uh, that gets a saving throw, I believe, as I pull um, up his character. I mean, I'm, I feel like the merchant could probably identify the boots and be like, these are the ones that I, that, that went missing from me. Like, I yeah. reckon. So if we could bring the merchant here, he could identify them and be like, those are mine, you stole them. But if we walk out, they're going to be gone by well, the time. Well, if one of, one of us could go and the rest of us could stay. Yeah. No mm. me to run? You're fast. Yeah, you're, you're fast. fast. Yeah, in that case, you're talking Okay, in that case, how about we bring the merchant over? I'm sure there aren't two perfectly identical pairs of magic boots here. Mm, actually, see, I did buy these boots, so I did, and they did cost a pretty penny, so I did research them beforehand, and in fact, these are made by a very skilled enchanter in Titaloli, who puts out about five copies a year. So, yeah, as long as they match the same year, and I'm pretty sure... Certain, in fact, that this merchant, two towns over, can provide you a complete certificate of authenticity saying that, yeah, he received, and remarkably, boots from the exact same year. Here, would you like to get our merchant friend in the guards, then? Yeah, why don't I uh, go run over for Garrett? You know, if, if what you're saying is true, the boots in the, in the showroom would still be there. Be easy enough to verify. I'm sorry. I thought you said those boots were stolen in an unrelated thing. Now, you can't punish me for some merchant not being able to take care of his own wares. Do you still have any more um, shape-shifting left? Um, I mean, they should have been restored because we've at least had a short rest. Um, yeah, for so. sure. Have I gotten my four hours? <laughs> uh, Can no. you smell the boots and see where they trace? Ah, that's a good idea. I Mastiff. Mm-hmm. Um, go over, give the four of them and the boots a sniff. Um, you will find that the drow, half-drow individual does not smell like what you smelled like there, does smell like possibly heavily prestidigitationed. <laughs> the boots <laughs> as well. That was clever. Mm-hmm. I pop back then into tiefling form and... So what'd you do? Fall in a mud puddle? No, I got in a bar fight. Actually, it's this really fun story. Let me tell you, there was some idiot who kept insisting I'd stolen something. And I didn't really take to it very well. And, well, a little bit of blood here, a little bit of blood there. A lot of viscera everywhere. Huh. You know, I've bounced my own bar for years. Oh, I'm sure that's very impressive where you're from. (laughs) But around here? Please. 
I could take you any day. Um, so I presume we keep up this pissing contest for a while. <laughs> um. Uh, sure. Yeah. They're happy to not run, you know, like, they, they're happy to stay here and talk. The, in fact, you know, like, the other two seem to be having some kind of conversation between themselves if none of you are going to talk to them. Oh, I listen in on their conversation, then. Uh, they're just, they're talking, um, they're talking about the time they had tonight, uh, which is actually, uh, it's the bard which you established that she is based on the uh, instrument at her side that she keeps sort of plucking with periodically, um, is telling about how she gave this wonderful performance and how Jay, the half-drow, helped her by doing all these acrobatic moves right in the front square where everyone could see. They were at it for hours, you know? It was lots of fun. They got some good gold out of it, actually, surprisingly. And uh, the half-wood elf is like, hmm, yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry that, you know, like, uh, uh, Dog here was sick. You know, it would have been really great to be there and hang out with you guys. I know Malady had to go to her own little party thing. Gotta scare the locals, you know? Make yourself known. But I had to stay in and care for my ill dog. Does the dog look sick? Uh, the dog definitely looks, you know, like, not 100%. Okay. Why am I the incant inside check anything? <laughs> I've got a 23. They're, def- they're talking about this rather loudly so other people can hear. <laughs> and corroborate this story. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> Where did we uh, land on me needing to go get us? I, I think we sent you. We already sent me? Okay. Yeah, so uh, you come in about 15 minutes later with uh, one or two guards and the and Gareth, and Gareth sort of steps forward and is like, you caught the... Th- Your guys are really quick at these catching these thieves things. <laughs> <laughs> we just we do seem to be. Can you identify those boots? Can you confirm that those are the missing boots? Because they sure look like it to us. Can I? I'll, 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 if I may, take a look at them. And he does step forward and, you know, uh, the half drow sort of sighs dramatically and literally thrusts a foot up in his face. (laughs) You know, and sort of folds his arms like he might kick him in the face at any moment. He's like, oh joy. Um, And he examines them and he says, I mean, they're as similar as they can be. Was there any distinctive markings on the ones you had? No, they were in perfect condition. That's why I was selling them at such a high price. These are also in perfect condition. And uh, D steps in, and the guards are there, and Malady does step forward and say, um, Yes, I'm sure you'll find that my merchant friend a few towns over can tell you exactly what condition the ones we bought three weeks ago were in perfect condition. So, and I'm sorry, what exactly is it that you're accusing us of? Because I came to the party, left, you can't be accused, it's not a crime of putting my monkey in his little dimension when he's acting up. I, I sort of tap uh, mm-hmm. Gareth and say, the spell she was doing wasn't putting five familiar in a pocket dimension. I couldn't ID it, but I could ID that it wasn't that. Do you have proof? Do you have another eyewitness? I can eyewitness that there was someone invisible moving through the, through the mansion in the wake of the party. After we had just seen that familiar be dismissed. Circumstantial. Won't hold up against, say, a signed thing from a merchant saying that he sold me boots. And I think you'll find, who exactly are you accusing of sneaking through the mansion? Because it's not me. And if you want to test Carneos over there on his ability to sneak through... Anything, really. He's not the stealthiest individual. You can try. 
And if you're accusing my good friend Jay, the one whose boots you're trying to steal, well then, I think you'll find he was seen in one of the main squares performing. I mean, we can't just roll up and punch him in front of a bunch of guards. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. This really is an episode of Love Round. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of just want to fight them, but we can't. So unless you've got anything to hold us, I guess we'll be going since we're not welcome. But this was fun. Can't we, um, I, uh, turn to the merchant. Can't they at least be held on suspicion or the boots be impounded until you guys can check the matter and make sure that the bill of sale is legitimate? We can impound the boots until then, but if their bill of sale comes back legitimate, it's theirs. I mean, we don't have... Yeah, I mean, you guys have to do an investigation, but it seems like there's at least enough suspicion around an identical pair of boots appearing. <laughs> it is possible. There are other boots made like this. Um, could, and he has a quick conversation with the guard, and the guard do step up to uh, the half-drow Jay, and Jay does smile and take the boots off and hand them over and says, and basically strokes them and says, I'll see you in a few days. <laughs> um, and as the guards are leaving with the, with the boots, Malady does turn to all of you and smile and say, this was fun. I liked this. We should do this again sometime. You guys are, it's so much more fun when people are hard to beat. <laughs> if we can't arrest you this time, trust me, we will sometime. I'm... Oh, I love a good nemesis. So much fun. <laughs> Is there, can I try to subtly do, like, either prestidigitation or maintain to just sort of mess up her hair to make it look worse? Um, <laughs> roll me a sleight of hand check. Right. I'm just being petty at this point. Jack of all trades, though, so that's gonna be a 15. You m- manage to mess it up, um, but she does sort of... Not her, but uh, Carneo sort of pokes her and points out that you did it, and she says, um, so what are you doing to mess it up? I'm just, like, trying to sort of just, like, frazzle it so it looks, like, sort of, like, staticky and mad, just, like, very quickly. Okay, cool. Uh, she turns to you, smiles, and says, um, hmm, I like it better this way. A little more wicked. Now, <laughs> if you'll excuse us, I guess we're not welcome here anymore. And she does smile, and, um say, I look forward, I hope next time, I hope next time you really do get us arrested. That would be, mm, I love a good nemesis. I'm sort of, I'm guessing that pissed off tieflings tend to slightly lower their head. Sure. <laughs> because they have horns. I just have full on tiefling, I wish I could charge you right now, body stance. Her horns curl sort of up and straight up in a way, and she, uh, she just, she doesn't, she actually sort of raises them yeah. in like a, in an act of like, I don't even consider you a threat. <laughs> and she and her friends sort of mince away and Jay does sort of, uh, Jay actually claps Aaron on the shoulder um, and says, good try though. Good try though. I pat him on the back as he's leaving. Give him a good push. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, it's, he also, he sort of turns it into a leap and catches himself on one foot and gives you like a, like a little jaunty wave away as they leave reveling in their <laughs> success. 
I need to kill something. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hate that. That's so frustrating. Oh They're god. terrible. Can we not do this anymore though? Oh, They're no. terrible. They're the worst. <laughs> I, I just silently use mend on the table with more decisive points than are strictly necessary. I'm like, like, what? Like, I'm like, Balling my hands into fists and then unfurling them and grabbing my sword and then un- <laughs> I start just like plucking out like pizzicato just an angry tune on my fiddle. Yeah, you guys are all really frustrated as they practically dance away. Oh, but just practically, right? Because I feel like they're literally dancing. Away. <laughs> Jay maybe may have turned the leaf into a little bit of some kind of you know like jig. They they seem very pleased with themselves. Also, um, with your various insight checks, I think one thing you'd get as they're leaving, you realize that like while you're dealing with them face to face and they've got this sort of force of charisma in your face, they seem older than they are. Leaving, they seem almost like a pack of a gang of teens. <laughs> well. I just made a potion for this. I pull out polypurpose panacea and use its intoxication effect. <laughs> <laughs> what? Theo is instantly drunk. <laughs> you guys were staying in a tavern. You could just drink, like, booze. Then I would have a hangover, though. <laughs> yeah, polypurpose panacea doesn't give you a hangover. Oh. This is much better. <laughs> I want to, like, talk to the bartender and people around town to see if somebody can crack that alibi. (laughs) Oh, that Uh, was the worst. I had to hit something. (laughs) We'll let you guys pick up with this seething hatred next time. (laughs) time. Uh, That's session five, guys. I knew they were coming, and I still wasn't prepared for this. (laughs) I love this party. I love giving you guys a rival party.